All right. Well, listen, it's so good to be here. Uh, I've actually been in Eunice the last couple of weeks, and I heard y'all had my pastor, Pastor Jacob, last week, and he knocked it out of the park. Did he? All right. I, I, I mean, I just got so many returns. I'll just say this. I'm not competition Pastor Jacob. I'll never preach like Pastor Jacob. I'll never be Pastor. So y'all just stuck with Bubba this morning. All right. Is that all right? And so, uh, you know, this morning, you know, we've been talking about, we've been talking a lot about Advent. And this morning, what I'm going to talk to you about is hope. And uh, how many of you know that we all need hope? Right. Three of you need hope. The rest of them are going to pray for you. But, you know, we all need hope. And I want to talk to you about several things. And, you know, uh, last week, Pastor Jacob talked about thankfulness. And I know Pastor Josh uh, talked about, you know, people being busy and and, and different things the week before in Advent. And so this morning, you know, how many of you know that, uh, how many of you love Christmas carols? Let me say, how many of you love Christmas carols? Anybody like, how many of you just, you're all humbug, whatever, you know. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you like that song? Oh, Holy Night. You remember the song, Oh, Holy Night? You know, do you know that Oh, Holy Night was not actually written by a guy who was a Christian in the 1800s? He wasn't even a a believer. There's a phrase in that song that I want to look at this morning, and it speaks about hope. There's this phrase that says, a thrill of hope that uh, the weary world, the weary world, weary world, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Now, I don't know what yonder breaks means, but it just means a new morning, a new day is coming. You know, there's two words that accurately describe, I think, the world we live in and what I want to talk a little bit about with you this morning. It's called a weary world. I mean, you know, during this time, it's just so many things are going on in the news. So many things are going around our world. And you hear all the things. We're, we're, I mean, you know, there's so much anxiety what's happened in, in, you know, in different parts with, with terrorists. And what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And, and then you hear about the economy and how it's fallen. And then, and then, you know, just relationships. You know, they have relationships that are jacked up. And during this time of the year, you just kind of go, what are we going to do? And so it's just so many people today can relate to that, that phrase, weary world. How I many know what I'm talking about? Some of you worried about, you know, did I get the right Christmas gift? Or did I not do this? Or do I need to do more? Or, well, like, should I give out than I gave last year? And, but what I want, I love what it, the song says. It says there's a thrill of hope. Say it when we say hope. hope. Imagine the chaos on the holy night. There was a thrill of hope that the Messiah would be born. Think about that. I mean, we know about the wise men. We know about the shepherds. and We know about all the things that happened. We know that there was a lady named Mary that was actually uh, the, the earthly mother of Jesus. That, you know, she was at a place where if you've ever seen a woman that's great with child and she's ready to give birth and she's like, I want the end now. You know what I mean? She was ready to deliver. You know, and she didn't care. Just put me somewhere, Joseph. And we know that, you know, that what happened that night, and there's, there's, there's a thrill of hope, and suddenly the weary world does what? The weary world rejoices. We know that he's born, and we know that, you know, I've seen the books or the pictures or the cartoon things where you see angels in heaven rejoicing, and they have the star, and they have the manger, and it's the light. and all, You know what I'm talking about? All those things you've seen around Christmas time. But I pray there's, if there's any weary world on you or in you, You'll experience the thrill of hope this morning. That's what I want to do. I want, I, want you to, I want you to find faith to rejoice. Why, Pastor Bubba? Because even in chaos of this night, 
there was a new and glorious morning coming. There was a new day. And for every one of us, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, I believe there's always a new day. I want to talk to you about three things this morning. I want to talk to you about your need. All of us, say, say, how many of you have a need this morning? Say, how many of you go, I got needs? Come on, everybody got needs? How many of you got some hope that maybe some of those needs are going to come to pass? How many of you know that you say, even if those come to pass, I still need some help? If you're married, go, you do need help, honey. But anyway, but here's the thing. You know, I just pray. Let's just focus on a new and glorious morning. I want to take you back in the Old Testament, in the book there's a book in the Old Testament called the Book of Lamentations. It was actually written by the prophet Jeremiah. And what happened is they had invaders come into their city. And it was in the year 586 before Christ, B.C. And what happens, they invade the whole city and they take over. That would be like someone, an invading army comes and takes over Lake Arthur, takes over Jennings, takes over this region, southwest Louisiana. And what they would do is they'd take everything valuable you have. All your gold, all your silver, your guns, you know, your mama's uh, black pot. Come on. Grandma, I don't even mean mama's black pot that's seasoned right. You know what I'm saying? All those different things that are valued. They would take your children. They would take your sons and, and train them to be in their army. They would take your daughters to be wives of, of their future sons and not your, your choice or her choice. And you imagine all the things that would be going on. You imagine the pain and the grief in this area that would take place. This is what took place in their, their part. And what, they were so distraught. And the prophet Jeremiah was lamenting. That means he was, he was hurting. You know, the Bible says, I didn't know this till about a year ago, that, you know, uh, my wife and I were talking and, and some things that she was walking through, going through in her, her, her edu- further her education. And one of the things that was talking about lamenting. And lamenting is where you can share your pain. How many of you know it's okay to talk to God and share your pain and it's okay? How many, of you just, how many of you have had painful moments and you just like, I got to talk to somebody besides the wall? You know, and you just go, God, this is what I'm going. How many, how many of you ever had those moments? You go, God! Ah! You know, and it's, there's just pain there. And it's okay. And with everybody else, he just begins to pour out his heart. And in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20 through 26, I'll just read. I will never forget this awful time. As I grieved over my loss, yet I, st- I still dare to hope when I remember this. Look what he says. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of difficult times, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. You know what inheritance? How many you get? You know, inheritance is something you get that you don't deserve. And he says, and he says, something was saved up for you. Therefore, I will hope in him. And look what he says. The Lord is good to those that depend upon him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. Salvation means rescue, being saved from yourself, saved from uh, destruction, saved. And so I want to show you three truths that can bring a thrill of hope when you're weary in this world that just has a lot of darkness, a lot, not much hope. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. It's a, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. See, I believe every new day with Jesus will bring you exactly what you need. He didn't say, say uh, what you want. He said what you need. He, God came to help you with your needs, not your greeds. Amen? 
And see, and he, he want, what happens is, is that he knows what you want sometimes is different than what you need. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? You remember being a kid and you had all these wants for Christmas and, you know, this time of the season and you want, you want this, you want that, you know. And, and, and it's like one of the cool things we did last night. And I'm kind of a, just be honest with you, I told my wife I'd try to be more festive this year, a more Christmas spirit. And she's still questioning my spirit of Christmas. And uh, it's true. It's just an inside thing with me and my family. I don't have lights up at my house. I think it's too much work. And so, you know, last night we were, we, she, you know, she goes, let's just go look at the lights. And I go, okay, here's my chance to have a Christmas spirit. Okay. So we're driving. Then we're driving through. We go to different places, looking at streets. She goes, you're too fast. You're too fast. And I'm like, I mean, she's not yelling at me or anything. She's, you're too fast. She's like, like the, she likes to look. I'm like, yeah, good. those are cool lights, you know. She's like, wow, look at that, you know, just take the time. It's okay. And I'm, you know, and then, and then we start talking in the car, and, you know, we're talking about it in my truck, and we're, we're going, you remember when you were a kid, and it, Christmas was just different than, than it is now that we're older. You know what I'm saying? You had that anticipation, that desire, and then Luke and Livy, they're a little older, and, you know, they know the truth about everything. I'm not going to give it away because if I don't want any pain or anything like that. Billy, I'm sorry. I'm not going to. All right. Just, I saw you look at me like, please pass the boat. Anyway, but you know, maybe they hadn't had that talk, but what happened is like we were talking last night and we said, you know, but my, our grandsons, Eli and Isaac, you know, they're all anticipating, can't wait. You, you know what I'm saying? They just, there's just that thrill. Like, <laughs> and you know, when you're a kid, you know, you just want to end. So, you know, we enjoyed it. You know, we went and looked at the lights. And, you know, my kids are Dad, just get some lights like that. Just some simple lights, Dad. Just can we go, like, Dad, you need to put lights. And I'm like, ah, I'm humble. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, so we went and got ice cream. And we enjoyed ourselves and everything else. And, huh? Yeah, but we're waiting for revival to happen, for Bluebell to come back. And, and it's just, just, Ben and Jerry's just doesn't do it. You know what I mean? And so, let me get back to the message. And so, I believe that every new day with Christ will bring exactly what you need. You know, now, you know, Lamentation, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. In other words, he's saying, I say to myself, have you ever talked to yourself? Have you ever just like, well, you're outside and you do something, you do something kind of like silly and you go, oh, that was stupid. You ever do that to yourself? Or I go, or you go, that was brilliant. Not, you know, or wow, I'm good. Or like sometimes you just, <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you've talked to yourself and you felt like if you cuss, you'd feel better, but it didn't really make you feel better. It made you feel guilty that you said that. And like, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm, I'm not going to camp out there. But I do want to say this. One of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid was Popeye. Okay, Popeye and Brutus. Remember? Over olive oil. I don't know what they saw in the olive oil. But it was olive oil, you know. And, and I remember, you know, it's like, remember Popeye, he would go to Brutus. He'd talk to himself. When he'd get mad, he'd talk to himself. I can't believe it. And then when he would eat spinach, he'd get powerful. I'm going to take my girl and take her back to, you know, Brutus. I'm scum. You know, I mean, he'd do all these things. He'd talk to himself. He'd build himself up and eat the spinach and go take rescue olive oil and he, she would be his, right? And I don't know why she ever went with Brutus anyway. It's like he was constantly rescuing her. Yeah, I think, can't she get it? Anyway. But one of the things that I remember, he just talked to himself. And sometimes, you know, 
That's why the Bible says we need to hide the word of God in our own hearts. And that's why we know that we can say this, literally, the joy of the Lord will be my strength no matter what I face. The peace of God passes all understanding. Amen? I hide your word in my heart so I won't sin against you, God. You know? I mean, I could go on, but see, here, the Lord is my inheritance. That means it translates, he's my portion. That means he has something for me even when I don't know what he has for me. What that scripture is really talking about, God was a children of Israel's inheritance because when they were going through the wilderness, God provided, you know what it was, manna to them. Mamas, wouldn't you love every morning that God would provide manna for you to make manna pancakes? Man of bread, you know, I mean, we just go on, man of whatever. And he just provided, the Lord is my inheritance. It's like, and what happens is the good news is God is already, you know, I'll just say this. Sometimes we wake up and we go, wow, what another day. Wow. I face the same pains, face the same struggles. I'll just say this, the good news is God is already in your tomorrow. He has everything you need for you tomorrow, whatever it brings. See, your marriage, it could be struggling. Come on. We have a struggle. God is in your tomorrow waiting for you, and he, he knows what your marriage needs. You know, one of the greatest things that marriage needs is this one word. It's called humility. It's asking for forgiveness, accepting responsibility. How many of you ever had arguments about who's more humble? And then you try to humble yourself, it's just hard. I read a story about a guy that was a commander in Iraq, and he was in special forces, and he had his guys and some other guys that were fighting in Ramadi. And what happens is as they were fighting, it was a thing called blue on blue, something I learned. It was like it's the good guys fighting the good guys. They thought they were shooting it at the enemy, but they were actually shooting each other. And he had to, he figured it out. Wait, wait a minute. And so what happened is he had to report to some people the next day and give an account what happened. But he was actually one that figured it out. He didn't start it. And he could have blamed it on other people in the other, in the other outfits and stuff. But what he did is he went before this group of guys that had to investigate him. And he just, he, he, he sat down and he said, and he, he knew that his job was on the line. He could be chunked. But what he did is he said, what he did, he walked in that room, and he took responsibility. He said, and they go, well, whose fault was it? He goes, I'm in charge, so it's my fault. He humbled himself. And he said, at that moment, I thought, man, I'm going to lose my job. And at that moment, he said, everybody that served under him respected him even more because he was willing to take responsibility for being the leader. Listen to me. Men, in your marriage, you're the leader. And you need to take responsibility to be willing to humble yourself first. Amen? Because let's be honest. Man, you are always right. At least that's what you tell her. She's come and told me you're always right. The responsibility has to be you and me. That we're willing to say, I take responsibility. And are y'all with me? You see, if you're weak today, God is already in your tomorrow. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. How many of you got some weaknesses in the house? Come on. Can I just tell you something? Even as I was battling cancer, can I tell you something? One of my weaknesses, if I walk by someone grilling a steak, I'm stopping. Because they would tell me, you can't eat red meat and all this. I was like, shh, that's the devil. I'm telling you, that's the devil. 
God didn't give me canine teeth to eat, you know, broccoli all the time. You know, when I was going through it, my wife goes, you know, you need to eat some kale. And I ate it, and I go, I ain't eating that. She goes, the number one thing for cancer. I go, what's number two? <laughs> I'm not eating that. Because I, if I die with this, I want my taste buds to have good taste in their mouth. Amen? And so God knows your weaknesses. Amen? So we got, we got some people with some weaknesses in here. God says, I may, I make, you know, you become strong through him in your weakness. And see, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing is that if you're down and depressed today, he's already in tomorrow. The Bible says he is your joy. And I like what it says. There's a scripture says he is the glory and the lifter of your head. In other words, you need to be looking up because God's looking down to help you. Amen? Amen. If you're not looking up, God's going, I mean, son, look up, look up. You ever try to get your children's attention or, or someone's attention and they're not paying attention to what you're trying to get? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm in the right house and y'all preach with me this morning. Help me out a little bit. Thank you, Scott. But see, there's a new day. See, I believe this. A new day with Christ always brings exactly what you need. You know what you need? Look at me. You need his presence in your life. You need his strength in your life. You need his power in your life. You need God's goodness. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws us back to him once again, that he forgave you before, he strengthened you before, that he was there when you needed him before. And sometimes as Christians or people that follow Christ, we have amnesia. We forget the last time God met blessed us. Amen? Because what happens is we get all these different voices in our mind and our head that begin to kind of distract us from really what God is really trying to tell us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like the voice of the enemy comes and he begins to distract us with different things. But here's the thing. Let me just tell you the second thing. A new day with Christ brings the hope to keep going. In other words, lamentations. The Bible says the Lord is good to those who depend upon him. To those who search for him. You know, look at me. You can live 40 days without food. You can live eight days without water. You can live four minutes without oxygen, but you can't live one second without hope in your life. And see, I believe this. Is I believe there are too many people today putting their hope in the wrong places. You know, right, right now, if, you're, if your hope is in the stock market, you're scared. If your hope... And, you know, it's kind of a risky place. Some people put their hope in your company, but we know in South Louisiana you can't put your hope in your company that you work for because they may let you down. It's called an oil crunch. How you know what I'm talking about? But see, listen to me. It could be $35.70, but let me tell you something. Our hope is not in the price of the barrel of oil. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Some of you just missed the chance. Because here is, you can't put, you put your, you can't put your hope in another person. I mean, you know, people let you down. They don't come through. They don't follow through what they said. When you put, when we put our hope in the wrong places, we start, we start to end up hopeless and we become weary in this world. It becomes a weary world. And that, in the world that wonders where anything is good. Is there anything good left? Because our hope is in the wrong place. I love what Hebrews says. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Say, say, say this when you say faithful. 
Too many people are not holding on to the truth of God. And we're hanging on to all the lies of the evil one. Well, you know, you can't do that. I can't? No, you can't. You know you have that issue. You have a problem with that. You can't overcome that. Your situation is hopeless. It is? Yeah. You'll never overcome this. Your grandmother was that way. Your daddy struggled with this. Your mama struggled with that. Because see, can I tell you something? How many of you know we're in a war? But it's not with flesh and blood. It'd be easy. It'd be great if it was. That's the devil. That's the enemy. Kill it. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. It comes to us. The enemy bombards us. You know, I could, go, I could be reading my Bible, which I have, and I do every day. I could read my Bible, and the enemy comes in my mind when I'm reading my Bible. Some of the most foul, wicked, stupid, unfaithful, you know what I'm saying? Thoughts. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Pastor Bubba, are you serious? You might not be reading your Bible if you don't think I'm serious. You know, because can I tell you something? The enemy wants to distract you because these are words of life. The Bible says, Jesus said, this is the bread of life. If you want life, you find it in him. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, he, he wants to keep you distracted that you never recognize God's incredible goodness and his power and his strength to help you in your circumstances. What you need is, is the exact opposite. You know, let go of fear. Let go of that. Oh, you can't do that. No, let go of it. No, I can't, God. Here I am. It's my, my weakness, and so I'm giving it to you. You have not given me a spirit of fear, but you've given me power, love, and a sound mind that I find in you. So help my mind to be sound. Help me to, to trust in you. And see, it may, be, it may be anxiety, which is the same thing as worry. The Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of worry. How many of you know you can't worry anything? If you worry, is it going to change anything? It's only going to make you worse. Have you ever been around people that worry all the time? Aren't they attractive? You just want to hang out with them. No, oh, man. The Bible says misery loves company. People can't be miserable by themselves. Look, can, look at me. I'll just tell you something. Can I make a confession to you? When I used to smoke dope, that was years ago, it wasn't fun smoking a joint by myself. I had to have someone more miserable than me smoke it with. Hello? Or if you've got an issue, an anger issue, and you're angry at people, and you start talking about the government and the president and all those different things, you want to hang around people that just have the same spirit you have and just be angry with them. Thanks for all those amens. <laughs> Let go of stress. Stress will give you a heart attack. Hello? You need laughter. The Bible says laughter is like a good medicine. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do I need to do a Boudreaux joke? <laughs> some of y'all need some medicine. Some good, good, clean God medicine that gets you. There's chemicals that are released when you laugh. It's amazing that when people are happy, people want to hang out with you. If you're fun, people want to hang out with you. Let go of it. Let go of the doubt. 
and hold on and look at me and profess this. God, I hold on to you. No matter what I face, you said you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. I've allowed thoughts to leave you. I've allowed my worry to forsake me trusting in you. But God, I need you. I need you. It's just professing. It's just saying it. Sometimes it's just talking to God. Prayer is just talking to God. Listen, it's raining, but God's rain's fixing to come in this place. Not the rain, but his presence. All right? You hearing me? See, don't lose hope. Say with me, don't lose hope. I'm going to stay here for a moment because there's somebody who needs to hear this. Listen, don't let go of hope. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't put up the flag. Don't cash it in. There's a new day coming. I'm telling you, a new day with Christ can change everything. Everything. There's a new day coming. I'm telling you, a new day with with Jesus can change everything. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? It's my third and final point. I'll tell you what it is. A new day with Christ brings us the help that we're seeking. Look at your name and say, you need help. Some of you have been wanting to tell your wife or husband that for a long time. <laughs> Lamentation says it like this. It's a, it's a new day with Christ brings the help that we're seeking. See, it's, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the God saves you. In other words, it's good to wait quietly. You know, the other day I was, and my wife can attest to this, I usually carry a knife with me. Everywhere I go, but I just left it. I don't know where I left my cash, my, everything on my dresser. So anyway, wasn't much. If you can break in my house, it's not that much to go. And, um, but I have my knife, and it's, it's, it's a knife that I keep here. It's like a clip, and you, some of you see me with it. Even when I preach, I usually have it. And, and I went hunting the other day, and, and when, I came, when I came back from the hunt, I started feeling I couldn't find my knife. And I was like bummed, just a little thing. You know, yeah, how many of you God cares about the little things? So I, I asked my wife, baby, have you seen my knife? Luke, have you seen my knife? I was just like, have anybody seen my knife? I looked in my truck. I looked in my, my hunting bag. I looked in, you know, I looked everywhere. And then and I'm looking. I asked my wife, you know. And, and then I go, well, maybe I left in one of my jeans that I hung up. Or I left it. And so I started looking. Maybe I put in a jacket. Usually don't. But, you know, you start, how many of you know you start doing everything you can to find something you lost that you want to find? You know? And can I just say this? I, I, I just say, I say, God, I'm serious. God, I felt like a little boy. You know I like my knife. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? It's okay. Yeah? I, God, I like that knife. It's not, it's not something I worship, but God, you think me, help me find my knife. And I'm serious. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Just go look where you parked your truck. It's right there. I think I told Josh. I, told, I mean, I, so I'm leaving. I don't even come to work. I go straight to where I hunt. I'm being obedient to the Lord finding my knife. <laughs> and I go there, and I start doing this. You know, it's like I didn't see it right away, but I started, like, finding I was walking. <laughs> Turn around. I'm walking. I'm covering every square little thing where I would have stood. And all of a sudden, I see it, and it says, ah, and I got my knife and I went, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying in tongues. And I, I tell, go back to the office. They go, man, you know, tell Josh, the Lord told me where my knife was. And I told my wife, she goes, you went and looked over there? You know? And then I go, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know? And um, God cares. Amen. Why did I say that? You know what? God loves you enough he tells you about the little things. Sometimes we think it's the big things. It's amazing the difference that one day with Jesus one day with Jesus, what it can make. Think about Lazarus. You know what? In the New Testament, he had been dead four days. The brother was thinking. Okay? Jesus, for four days, everybody's giving up hope. Jesus shows up, looks at the stone, looks into the grave, and says, Lazarus, get up, buddy. Come on forth, hon. Come on, buddy. And he walks out. Lazarus would say this, it's amazing the difference that one day with Jesus can make. How about the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years, was suffering with the issue of blood. One day she sees Jesus and she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. Come here, Sheila. See, get you to preach with me. It's okay. Okay, stay right there. Okay. Literally, she was, reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. And there was, Lindsay, come here. Tracy, come here. Y'all can preach. Y'all stand in front of her. Okay, stand right here in front of her. Put your hand out. Come here, Lindsay. Y'all gonna preach, all right? Right here. You're the crowd. Come on, you're the crowd. Get close. And she's, and she's trying to reach. And he's just kind of, come on, Luke, come here. Come on, David, come here. You got the crowd. Come on. Y'all going to preach this morning. Hurry up, David. Come on. I, I had a point. Come on. Okay. Get over here, David. You're, you're, come on. Listen to me qu- quickly. All right. Right here. Right here in front of Lindsay. All right. And she's trying to reach out. Okay. And Jesus is over here. Now extend yourself, Sheila. Keep her back a little bit. Come on. And he's just walking by. And, and she, see what she had to. Thank you. Didn't they preach? Good. Come on. Give him a hand. She had to extend herself. She's like, oh. And sometimes what has to happen, it's amazing. If one day you extend yourself out of your comfort, if one day you just say, if I just touch Jesus, things are going to be different. You know, I think about, I think about, you know, I think about a guy in this church that had cancer. He went for treatment. We prayed for him. God healed him. Next week he got saved. His marriage got changed. It's one day. One day, what Jesus can do. I had Miss, Miss uh, Jean here in the first service. It's amazing what one day with Jesus. I remember the first time I met her, she had a beer can and smoking a cigarette. And, and I, I'm serious. She was sitting over there on the porch. She'll tell you. And I go, hey, I was talking to her about maybe getting a skating ring for a church. And she had it. Listen, not only did she have a beer and a cigarette, she had an attitude. <laughs> and she was there. She goes, Amen. Billy, isn't it amazing one day what one day can do in a person's life? Five, isn't it amazing what one day God can do in a person's life? Sharon, isn't it amazing? One day, one day, God changed your life. Josh, one day, just one day. I remember Josh was just a student in our disciples. And I asked him one day, just pray. Ask God what he wants you to do. His, that one day he made a decision, changed the course of his life. One day, one day. I don't know what you're one day when you make a decision to go after God, to reach out and stretch out to touch him what it's going to do, but it may touch someone's life. 
Because can I tell you something? I'm a product of a grandmother that got tired and sick and tired of hearing everybody else talk about what, what was going to happen to me, that I was never going to amount to nothing. There was no hope for me. But she did, you know what she did? She goes, I'm not even listening. I'm going to shut the door to that. And I'm going to get, and this is what Josh's grandmother would do, get on their knees. So God, I block out all the other voices. Now God, you do what only you can do. Can I tell you something? One day, one day, one moment. See, the enemy wants to keep you from that moment. He wants to discourage you. He wants to tell you it can't happen. But can I tell you something? You know what? When the devil puts a can't, that means God's fixing to do something. Fixing to do something. Listen, if he's, if he's speaking to you, put him in the mouth, in the spirit. You know? And he's looking. And if he knocks your teeth, gumming to, gumming to death. One day, one moment makes all the difference. Can I tell you something? Everything we need happens in a moment. The help, the hope that you're looking for, it can happen in a moment. The help you need to find that, that hope can happen in a moment. I love what Romans says. It says this, the hour has already come for you to wake up. Say it when you say wake up. From your slumber. Because your, our salvation is nearer now. Than when you first believe. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The one thing about the Roman centurions is they would they would come and they would hit their and they would say integris, which means integrity. They would hit their armor and go, integris. As their commander would walk by because of what it represented, everything. They would hear the sound of the armor, and that was good. But when they would say integris, it would say that I'm whole on the inside, and I'm ready for battle. And you tell me what to do, and I'm willing to go, no matter what you tell me. That's where you get the word integrity. God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, because I'm whole on the inside because of what you've done in my life. And in my heart. And you know what? God gives us the full armor in Ephesians chapter 6. The full armor of God. That we can face this battle. You have the gifts of the Spirit. And you have the fruits of the Spirit. God wants you to have the fruits of the Spirit. So you can go display the gifts of the Spirit. But I believe the fruit, character, integrity is so much more important. That we represent God and we represent Him well. And that's free. Amen? Amen. Some of you got to hear this. You're in a weary world right now. I'm telling you, there's a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice. There's a new and glorious morning that's coming. Listen, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. It brings us the hope to keep going. But it brings us the help that we've been seeking. You see, this is a day you place your complete hope in Jesus this morning. I love what one of my mentors used to say. Love gives. It lives. To give. Love, God's love, is the greatest force in the universe. Salvation requires three things. See, if you come this morning and you feel like there's no hope, you haven't, you're not where you need to be, God loves you. He brought you to the right place this morning to let you know, you know what, what you need is Him. 
But what has to happen is you have to come to the place of pardon. We say, God, here I am. <laughs> this is me. God takes a broken person, someone's messed up on the inside, and God begins to do an inside job on us. And it's called pardon. God, forgive me. How many of you ever had to go up to someone and ask you to forgive them? How about your children? Have you ever had to humble yourself and ask your children to forgive you for an attitude or something you said or something you did? That is very humbling. And you know what the cool thing about kids? It's okay. Isn't it crazy how we are adults? Oh, yeah? I ain't gonna, I'm going to get even. I'm going to get up. One on you. Pardon. But the cool thing is when God pardons you, there's a cleansing that takes place. We preach about forgiveness and faith. Forgiveness is when you get so weary of forgiving, you start to enjoy it. How many of you had to forgive a lot of people in your life? Okay, let me ask them. How many of you had people that have hurt you before? Look at me. Until you come to this point, this is free. Until you come to this point that you're willing to forgive them. They still hold you in the grip of their hand by the power when you don't release them in forgiveness. Look at me. I'd been a Christian for many years, and I had someone that I had to go ask for forgiveness for. You know, I'd been, I, and God spoke to me one day. I want you to go. It, wasn't, it didn't matter what their response was. Look at me. Because we think, well, they're going to go, oh, it's going to be all nice and hugs and kisses. It might not be. They might want to punch you. But the, the thing that you have to be willing to do is, will you forgive me? And see, when we come to the Lord, it's just, God, forgive me. I've blown it. Let's see, let me ask you, how many ever blown it? How many blew it this week? How many of you were in Christmas shopping and you really blew it because someone got, you're special. Come on, they got a lot of ladies coming. <laughs> how many pulled up in your parking spot you've been claiming in the name of the Lord? forgiveness. And the last one, then dwelling. And dwelling. What do you mean? That God comes and dwells inside of us by His Spirit. God can't come into a house that hadn't been cleaned up. But you can't clean it yourself. That's where you invite Him and say, God, come clean me up. Help me out. Because I can't do it by myself. Listen, we've all done our best. Look where it got you. How many of you have done your best and you still couldn't make it? Come on. And see, that's what religion does. Do your best. Relationship just says this. Trust me. Put your hope in me. I know your weaknesses. Let me be your strength in the midst of your weaknesses. But here's what has to happen, guys. Look at me and I'm done. All you have to do is be real. Just be honest. See, I believe this. We're supposed to be new additions of Jesus Christ. We're a new addition. It's like you get a Bible, and this is a new Bible I got. It's a reading Bible, but it's a new addition. God wants you to be a new addition. That when you go places, people see Jesus through you. Isn't that cool? That the Bible says we're ambassadors. We're representatives. You see, we represent. Listen to me. And I'm done. I promise. I'm closing everything up. I'm not going three commercials, three endings, just one ending. When you're ambassador, 
you, you represent a kingdom. And in that kingdom, there is power, there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's release. But in that kingdom you represent, you need to realize one thing. He did it in you before he does it in someone else. You see, this Christmas, you know what my prayer is? That you run into people that have a need. Listen, we're all going to meet. How many of you go and visit relatives? That means in-laws, outlaws, people you've been praying for, you don't want to see for the year, all that. Can I, can I just, this is my prayer for you this, this morning. I'm going to pray it too, okay? I'm going to pray that you run into relatives and friends and people that need God. And maybe you even have a hard time with them, but God gives you an opportunity to share your faith with them and even pray with them. You say, Pastor Bubba, that's a tall order for me. But I'm willing to take that risk. Can you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I got some in-laws and outlaws that need the Lord. Anybody got people that need the Lord and you need prayer? Come on. Okay. You are the hope. Jesus is the hope of the world, but he's looking to you to represent that hope. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you know every person here. And Lord, we're not here to hold on to something and keep it a secret. Because Lord, when we lo- I know that when we fall in love, Lord, when the men in this church fell in love with their wives, they were so excited. They told everybody about them. And when the wives were engaged, they went and showed that ring and told everybody what a wonderful man they were going to marry. But yet, God, we've met the greatest person in all the universe, and that's you, Jesus. That, God, that in that confusing night that you came as a baby, but you left this earth, crucified to a cross, but yet raised from the dead in resurrection. God, we were living a a life just filled with death. Thank you, you've brought your resurrection power into our lives. We've been raised with you. And I pray for this Christmas season for those that are here today, they would have an opportunity to share their faith, share the hope in this weary world that their friends or relatives, people they've been praying for, people that put it, although never change, God, that's the person you're looking for. So, Father, help them, encourage them, pull your courage and your grace and your strength and your presence.